I'm just sliding down the crest on a hot summer day All these diamonds on it got me feeling some type of way Drop the top on these haters cause the top in the way And if you ain't get no money then you just in the way Took my shirt off in the vert cause the shirt in the way Alright, we're back folks once again live in effect Bonjour, shalom and what's up and welcome to how you living uh, we're here once again to bring the woke news to those woke and those who need to get woke, woke up. Here we are. Woke up. Live in the Million Dollar Studios atop Chaz Tower, rooftop. How you doing today? How you living, Chaz? Uh, you know, I'm living pretty good, pretty good. Can't complain. How about you? Uh, things are good, man. I was uh, watching the NLCS earlier today. Cubbies are uh, trying to make a return to the World Series for a second year. And uh, they're so far at this moment down six to one. So oh shit! That's the uh, their their uh, playoff lives are on the line, as they as it were. Oh no! Has the curse returned? I know, right? Exactly. Another hundred years. But uh, yeah, we're we're definitely doing it in the uh, in the studios here, and we like to. Uh, you know, start off a show normally with a segment, but I do remember that we want to start reminding everybody that you can reach out to our show at hylbox at gmail.com. That's our new email box for anybody that wants to let us know about topics or results from things that you've tried in your local area or anything going on that you think is a topic of concern for the listeners or for us. Heck yeah. hylbox at gmail.com. And as always, follow us on the Twitter sphere. You can get me at C Town Mayor. That's S E A T O W N M A Y O R. And I'm here to help your misapatality by the sea. Haven't said that in a while. Uh, and Chaz, where can I find you? You can always find me at C R S I I on uh, the Twitters and Chaz Baz. Pretty much everywhere else. Yeah, and that's the uh, that's the lowdown as it were. So moving along in our types of business, we have one segment, one segment only in the beginning, and now it's our first segment. It's called Callbacks. That was a non-soundboard version, but that's fine. You guys get it. <laughs> um, yeah, Callbacks, guys. Is there anything uh, on your mind, Chaz, that's leading in from the previous episodes? Uh, well, I want to talk about some uh, local election stuff because the uh, general election is here. Um, all across the city, Jenny Durkin and uh, Carrie Moon are going around and talking about stuff. And uh, I wanted to talk about that. There is, so a few years back, uh, Seattle was talking about getting municipal uh, broadband, but Ed Murray it was in the pockets of Comcast, so he was kind of like, nope, nah, don't think so. So he was against it. Yeah. So now that we have a new mayor coming down the pipeline, we might be able to get it. Now, I'm not sure who um, supports it or not. I would imagine from the people who are giving money to various campaigns, I would say that Carrie Moon supports it and Jenny Durkin doesn't. But don't quote me on that. I will look that up to make sure... I'll let you know next week who actually does that, but that's if you're in the Seattle area or if you know anybody in the Seattle area, let them know that municipal uh, broadband could be here. If you complain a lot about the um, cost how of, Comcast sucks. Cost of internet and places where it's limited, where you have to go. The fact that, you know, if you have to go to Starbucks, the place is full now because everybody needs Wi-Fi on the go and outside of their homes. Yeah. These data plans on these phones don't suffice, you know. No, they don't. And, you know, the phones themselves don't even run all the applications you need to be, uh, you know, an up-and-coming business person or a writer or anything in the uh, 
in the fields that those laptops to help out for. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to have a, a citywide backbone, you know, something in, in a, an attempt to make uh, Internet uh, a social program that's available to everybody. So if there's a citywide thing, you can have citywide subsidy programs so people can have login access that may be homeless and stuff, and maybe they can get quicker services to get jobs. And Oh, yeah. There's all kinds of things that could go from a city Wi-Fi. So. And it's not as easy as saying, well, just go to the library, because the library gets kind of tired of certain homeless people continually coming in. It's not exactly as welcome as them being on their own phone in their own private environment and able to email for resources. So. Having lived without the internet for a brief period of time in 2008, having to go to the library every day to use it, it becomes... Because you're only allowed up to like two hours a day, I think. Oh, yeah. Different, or a different machine. Like maybe you can go to... The, yeah, usually if it's a, it's a, a citywide login, yeah, you can only use two hours a day at each location or something. Yeah. yeah, so... That's interesting. So that's hard when it comes to like job searches and, you know, you have to use all that time to get your resume together, put your resumes in... Yeah, you, you might know. get a few off, but not, you know, as many as you'd like. And now you're waiting. Now you got to go back, log in and check those emails. You know, mm -hmm. it is a process. And if you're homeless or you're, you're you know, without work or without connection to some of those um, things, it could be difficult. And that's just one step that uh, that they could. So what's the uh, what's the verdict on the uh, on the candidates? Which are they for it both or is one of them specifically for it? Uh, that's what I think I said earlier. I wasn't sure. Um, I can only make a guesstimation, and I would say that Jenny Durkin isn't for it because she's been like she has big donors that are kind of like you know, yeah, we like the capitalism that runs this city, and don't fuck it up. And then you have Carrie Moon, who's kind of like this city isn't working for everyone. Let's make a city that works for everyone. So, I'm definitely voting for Carrie Moon. I'll say it. You're endorsing uh, Carrie Moon, uh, I guess, since she's the uh, the closest kind of. Uh, populist candidate we have left in the race just based on you know the fact that yeah she's not as connected as the Durkin I guess officially the How You Live In podcast is endorsing Carrie Moon Carrie so, Moon so you heard it here first <laughs> we can even make that more real there we go yeah and then we also have the old new what's up just remind people to keep up uh, what's up but uh, everything uh, else, any anything else in the uh, the old uh, callback segment? Do you have anything that uh, happened this week, or anything that stands out that reminds you? How is the uh, the healthcare bill killing? That's still in progress, right? Well, they can't do it through reconciliation anymore. So I know that Trump signed an executive order that stops government subsidies. Yeah, nine billion dollars, but it could cost the government over two hundred billion dollars in the long run. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. They they did not think this one through, but that's like most of forty five's. Uh, yeah, he's a wild tenure. card. He's continues to be a yeah, a maverick, as they like to say. But at the same time, he's uh, he's kind of just willy nilly passing legislation, writing them through as executive orders. And I don't know how much of these are going to hold up. I don't know how many of them are actually going to get put into action, you know, as far as can application, if any are going to get overturned in the Supreme Court, even though it leans conservative now, supposedly. Yeah, because of Gorsuch. But, yeah. I mean, we haven't really seen much legislation yet in that, or whatever you would call it, uh, judicial in that, in that respect. So we don't know necessarily how the court's leaning 
till we get some uh, landmark cases to come through there, and we'll start to see kind of what's going to happen. For sure. Um, of course, right now, uh, call back, of course, to any of our episodes where we talked about the different hurricanes coming into the southwest and the, and the northeast, and now is in Europe. I hope everybody uh, can can remain safe from those situations, and we can get some uh, aid to those areas. So if you know any of the particular areas that you have a a place in your heart for, you should uh, donate or find out what uh, places are going to go there and try to help out, whether it's uh, Houston or or Puerto Rico or uh, Ireland at this point, you know. And then there's uh, there's the Somali bomb that's kind of more breaking news, but in the same respect, uh, you know, 237 innocent people were killed um, when an Islamic terrorist group or a connected to Al-Qaeda-style Islamic terrorist group uh you know, detonated and took credit for a car bomb, essentially, in a square. Oh, geez. And it was a, it was in a truck. And, yeah, in the 237, you know, it's it's an ongoing situation there, and we're probably going to end up putting some more troops. We have, like, some 800 troops probably in the area just kind of maintaining UN and other different international um, peace in the area because it is known to be a hotbed but with that new explosion you know that's a very kind of poor country and and there's there's a a lot of hospital needs and medical needs and so yeah it's another place in the world right now it's a it's a bad time of the of the year this year for uh i guess i mean it's kind of the hurricane season really is what set that apart you know august through october is always hurricane season so oh yeah oh yeah and it can go into november depending on the kind of warmth of the water so it looks like we're getting the colder temperatures now so we should we should be kind of getting through that at this point yeah and we had about 10 of them this season and that was the most since like the late 1800s yeah that's a lot i mean you have to get pretty far into the alphabet when you start naming them that way yeah Mm -hmm. you, you can tell when they started getting deeper and deeper well, with that, of course, we're into episode, what are we at? Are we at 36? I never want to say it. <laughs> I thought we were at 35. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think it's 36. Okay. Um, but at the same time, we're, uh, we're here, we're, we're alive, and uh, there's different things happening in the world right now. What topic did you want to start with to help uh, inform the people about the situations going on in this world today? Chaz um let me see so the big thing that i've been seeing on my facebook is the fallout of harvey weinstein but not just that just how and the expansion to the hashtag me too campaign yeah that's that's what's been blowing up there's been i think earlier today i scrolled down and i think i saw six yeah. Uh, subsequent me too's and yeah. i was like are you fucking kidding well i mean i, I probably saw even... i probably saw 60 i mean to be honest it was it was it was you know mind-blowing and i mean it's an awareness factor thing you know it's like it's it's just it's always there and it's just now being you know trending as a as an awareness thing and so but uh i guess a lot of this came from an original tweet from Alyssa milano Mm. who started the campaign officially on Monday um, from the advice of a friend using her um, platform as a, you know, entertaining woman who's famous and had several followers. Um, She posted the Me Too campaign and asked and requested anyone who retweeted it who had the similar experiences to uh, use the hashtag Me Too. And it trended and eventually made its way to Facebook. And so, you know, it's a... it's an interesting uh, dynamic now, and you're seeing a lot of sharing of the events, and you're seeing a lot of sharing of, um, 
the fears of like situational, you know, where something doesn't really happen or something seems innocuous, innocuous or whatever in the in the time, but is really bad, you know. And there's because mm-hmm. there's different levels of this, and it goes as far as and beyond what you know we heard from the recordings and different things about Weinstein. So he's he's clearly just the tip of the iceberg as far as an industry wide problem and technically a cultural wide problem. Yeah, I was gonna say it's definitely like we being two dudes, we definitely are in the position where it's we, an advantage. we could do some questionable shit. Yeah. And we maybe even knowingly or unknowingly are hashtag me too's for people and just don't know. Right. And yeah. and because they're like I don't know. This I think this also should be always cause last week I guess I kind of could have done it as a callback, but I kind of just want to call back to it once we started to get into it. Uh, when we talked about how toxic masculinity affects guys as well, too. Right. And there can be instances where guys will do shit like this to girls because they're trying to uphold the culture that is created through toxic masculinity. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. In their mind. Exactly. That they feel that's the way to act. That's how the they're taught or that's how they think is the the way to success as far as you know meeting the right one that wants to be with you you have to be bold and abrasive and say that yo girl get over you know they're just, right they create that culture and really you know to some degree uh maybe there's a case where some people want that or like that but there's definitely a large population people that don't yeah and And the being able to navigate that and respect people's boundaries and not actually force and create those is uh is the lesson at hand i think and i think it i think it does go back to that machismo culture it also goes back to popular culture i mean i think you see examples of it in movies going right up until like the mid to late 80s and even early into 90s you know of this this uh the trope of the toxic masculine uh, winner, the achiever, and and his abrasiveness and and chauvinist kind of way, bravado as it's kind of used as, um, as an example, you know. And now we're trying to see as an example, you know, people who are strong, sensitive, and open with their feelings, and then also open to the respect and boundaries of others, and don't see uh, their interactions with women as conquests and and right. and trophies but it's actual like human interaction and like social growth and that type of thing. And you know, those dynamics are rare in this world. You know, it's like, it's that that's, I think that's why we're seeing this divisiveness in politics. We're seeing this divisiveness in, in our fandom of sports. It's there's, there's a, there's a problem in our psyche in this culture as far as respect for each other. And I think it crosses racial boundaries. It crosses gender, uh, gender boundaries and it crosses, generational boundaries you know and there's and this divide and this competitiveness um is kind of poisoning the water in the well oh yeah for sure and if we you know and we can we can we can find you know cracks in it every once in a while and and as the the female turn of breaking the glass ceiling occurs once in a while but it's more of a of a trope of achievement than it really is actual you know it's more like look in this one instance She's now the CEO of this billion dollar. Well, okay, there's 30 other examples of guys who are underqualified, but have been running companies for 20 years, you know. Um, And there's also people out there who are constantly in opposition to it. Like there's the anti-feminist channels on YouTube. There's men's rights activists who are really big on this. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, and they... uh, 
it, yeah, the men's right activist is ridiculous. The then they always try to play on that like uh, I'm a manist or I'm a maleist, and like and it's it's yeah. And I don't know what you're gonna do with uh, with the way the internet works and the way people can create those echo chambers to break that up in this part. You know, it's kind of well, it's one of those things where calling back to whenever I talk about Maury's four ways and uh, all that. If you see something, you gotta make the shit taboo. So if you see someone doing the shit, you got to call them out on the shit. Yeah. You got to say, no, that ain't cool. Right? Like, if you're touching that girl in a provocative way and she doesn't want to be touched, that shit ain't cool. And we can't, like, we can't sit idly by anymore when it just happens. Because we always just make excuses like boys will be boys or, you know, that's just how he is. Because that's what they did with Harry Weinstein. Harry Weinstein would go up to people and masturbate in front of them. And then they'll be like, yo, Harry Weinstein masturbated in front of me. And they'll be like, that's just who he is. Yeah. Like, I, I heard about that story. Yeah, that's interesting. And I mean, obviously, at this point, he's vehemently denying all of it. And that's just the way to save face, clearly. Well, that's what you do in those situations. You deny, 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 and then you lie, lie, lie. Yeah. And I mean, it. you know, there's been other instances of it. You know, people, people reference the Cosby situation and just people in power in the media industry i think it's just because the visibility of the media industry that we see this and if we actually took a look at all industries especially industries where there's um a lot of money on the line you know um i think we've been hearing about it more and more in like the sports community like the espn community is having some issue with how they uh treat women how they racially as well as i think we've heard about sexual harassment stuff we've also seen it in the fox news realm Mm -hmm. you know and so uh it it it's interesting that that we're i think we're just seeing that but i think if we drew away from just the media i think we'd probably see it more evident in everyday industries oh no for sure i mean it doesn't even have to be industries it's in real life there's jobs it's from cat calling it's from right you know people groping women on the bus because the bus is crowded and they think it's okay yeah like it, it's not don't i wouldn't don't subjugate it to industries it's it's you like you said earlier it's society yeah society says it's okay for boys to do that shit when it's not but it's just, I mean, it's just interesting how we, we, it's spoken about in these individual instances and then it's kind of brought up about as part of Hollywood. But then it's, it's now, I think, because of the Me Too thing, it's mm-hmm. finally expanding into more of a social construct culture kind of discussion as far as yeah. how to prevent it, how to, how to identify it, and how to move on if you're somebody who's been either a victim or a victimizer in the sense that, you know... If you've already done it and we're moving past it, we're trying to teach people that that was inappropriate and that was wrong, you know, because that's what we're hearing now is we're getting all these people who are older who are like, ah, it was the times. Yeah. And I would definitely say, like, let's not do any victim blaming here. Definitely. We just need to squarely put the blame on the victimizers. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to make sure that we are making sure their behavior changes and there needs to be bigger social consequences for them doing that shit because there's not social consequences for people doing that stuff unless they're like big because there's a lot of hush tones that goes on people just make excuses for those people time and time again there's lack of evidence there's always that and then there's situational shit where there's emotional connections there could be different you know the different different things involved yeah in the and and that's why we're you know sometimes they're not they're underreported people you know don't believe them the situation that you're talking about the people that do hear it brush it off so Mm -hmm. yeah it's an ongoing issue and uh and I mean, going forward, I guess just bringing it up and making it more public is kind of the only 
yeah. uh, offense that's available um, at this point, you know, um, and and see where society takes it, you know. Make sexual harassment taboo for everybody. Because we shouldn't, I, I should say, we shouldn't just say it for the women. Even though it primarily happens to women, it can happen to men too. Right. Right, there's definitely, there's, there's this mentality that where men need to be always trying to get laid and trying to get ass and all that. And if you go and then you were like, you tell a girl, oh, I don't want to have sex right now. They're going to be like, oh, what, you a little bitch or something? Right. I thought y'all was supposed to like that. Like that is equally something that's kind of like, well, no, yeah. let me have autonomy over my body as well as you should have autonomy over your body, too. I mean, not everybody is going to be some like I need to get my dick wet all the time. Like those tropes exist. But sure, not every man's like that. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, it'll be interesting following this campaign. I mean, we're only in the third day of it as kind of a national phenomenon, or possibly at this point, I haven't seen the numbers, but probably an international phenomenon. I mean, Facebook's an international website. Mm -hmm. This is more than likely, not more than likely, this is an international issue as well. It happens elsewhere. And, uh, and yeah, we'll see kind of where this goes. It, it, you know, it's, uh, it's just another notch in the, in the 2017 belt of, social issues that are being addressed and whether or not real solutions are coming up or not there's a lot of things that are being talked about like the ironic thing is it's been about a year since billy bush weekend where like everyone was going on because i remember watching a lot of conservatives talk about uh trump saying uh, and grab him by the you know what and they again it was the same thing where they're just like oh yeah that's just how people talk right oh yeah no he didn't really mean it It was just words right Right? like and that's like no that's no um yeah no like and and you would just hate you shouldn't need to say like if someone that has a daughter or something he was all like but what if there's someone's daughter it's like no treat him like a fucking human being why do you think this is okay yeah. Well, I actually know why you think this is okay because society says, "Yeah, I can do that," and, but and but no, we we need to make that change. Yeah, and it's you know, and and now that we have it in the public sphere, uh, you know, we have to make sure it doesn't just immediately become a back page issue. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of the the one thing I have uh, against this country when it comes to these social issues in the modern era is we seem to have a much quicker uh you know lack of 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 incentive in, into solving it and keeping it going and motivating for it then like maybe if you look at like the civil rights acts in the 1960s which happened over almost a decade you know of consistent and and constant you know just rattling of sabers and and real, you know pushing the pushing the envelope until until change occurs um, we're seeing kind of shorter timelines in, in this, in this future era, and we need to kind of keep extending those timelines and extending the, the public focus so that when these elections come around, these issues are debated and they're talked about and they're actually a part of them because we can't make everything about, I'm going to bring back cold jobs when you don't have an answer about the me too comp- campaign, mm-hmm. you know, and I think things like this are going to be brought up in the next election. Cause I, I see this being something that could build steam and and, oh yeah and start to become move into the political sphere let's make sure we call back to this like every few episodes or so being like check in with yeah yeah just like basically um because one of my friends on facebook will put on a question of the day and his question of the day will like well man now that you heard hashtag me too what will you do and as i said earlier any instance we see of it we need to call it out we we need to vilify it we need to make it taboo that's that's my goal yeah. make 
make the and the inverse treatment of women taboo. And check now in and if you see a situation that somebody may or may not be in a point of danger or a point of of intimidation. You know, if you're if you're in a in a position to create public awareness in that moment that may or may not create a distraction or prevent something, then then do it. Not saying you know go around actively. This isn't like the punch a Nazi thing, you know, <laughs> you just, you know, if you see two people talking, don't be like, get away from her, <laughs> you know, but you know, at the same time, let's be aware as public that, you know, it's, it is part of our duty to protect those who need help, you know, if we, if we can. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of, for me, for this episode, I think being two males as well, like without trying to like champion an issue that we may not necessarily have all the own personal perspective to to go on. I think that's a good place to find a way into what's next. I mean, this week it, it's kind of a spin the dice, pick a topic week because there's been a lot. There, there has been a lot. Like North Korea, as always. I swear, every episode it gets for the past it, like five weeks has been like, it gets how more can you escalate it? I'm gonna have to like find. I mean, like by next week, I'm gonna have to have an air raid siren on here, just like under like national requirement you know all podcasts need an air raid siren in the event of a north korean attack right i feel like you can measure the level of escalation to the sizes of ford sqv suvs it was like oh yeah it was an escape all right it's like it's small but you know they maybe should stop and then it's all like oh now it's an explorer oh okay yeah it's getting bigger it's all like oh oh now it's a an excursion i'm like oh uh oh okay yeah and now it's like an expedition i'm like okay can y'all stop now yeah it's too big this is a this shit can't fit anywhere why are you driving this yeah you know how much gas it takes up (laughs) the uh the 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 suv analogy for the north korean crisis you know you can only hear that here folks (laughs) uh but you know it's true i mean it's uh it's it's an ongoing issue and it's getting to the point where uh i mean both parties are getting pushed into a corner as far as like military option being on the table. And it's getting to the point where what, what the repercussions of that are going to be. And we're seeing unrest in the rest of the world. And kind of, there's this like moment where there's like a, if, if our attention is being paid to them, we, we, we could be like losing focus on other areas. You mm-hmm. know? And that's always a little dangerous. And, and the, and just the way that these attacks happen so rapidly in succession, you know, we've had so many over the last couple of years that we're just constantly due to, to be scared for when the next one is. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the situation as well. It's like, it's like North Korea is just another layer on this international dilemma cake. And I don't know how we can uh, back away from that at this point. Like, the UN is feeling more and more in- impotent in its ability to stop international problems. Sanctions are becoming worse, like as far as an ability to slow anything down. Because I guess money is just rampant on the underground, or who knows why. But something's going on. You know, somebody's making money off China, or off North Korea. And it's China. People say China. People say also Russia. So you know. No, they're the two closest countries to it. Yeah. And we don't. I mean, they they have no lights when you look at the maps. You don't know what they do in their uh their prison camps. Their prison camps could be like our prisons and just be glorified worker farms. Yeah. Well, and even more so. Yeah. I'm sure they're they're working as often as possible, and making them work. You know, for for no money at all. Mm-hmm. Uh. Well. And that's, and yeah, and I guess that's the situation there. And it's like whether or not, um, 
either Kim Jong-un or, you know, uh, Donald Trump makes the first wrong move. You know? Yeah. Wrong. I know. That's what I'm saying. You'll make a wrong move. Mm-hmm. Wrong. Um, yeah, but I, uh, beyond that, there's also, you know, the ongoing healthcare debate, you know, and we have uh, a million other things that need to be dealt with with this latest uh, cut, the $9 billion cut. Um, it puts up around 77 million Americans off the insurance plan, I think starting in 2018. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's just around the corner. It's a, it's a ridiculous reduction in funding and, you know, there's going to be stopgap legislation from, um, different, uh, legislatures in the different states that may or may not have the biggest impact from that, probably using from state budgets and stuff, Things that have already been taxed and pushed the limit during the 2008-2009 economic crisis mm-hmm. are just now starting to kind of rebuild their coffers, and, and there's a lot more industry growth. Um, but now they're going to have to tap into that and pay some of this health care if they want to keep some of their citizens insured. So the problems of the Trump administration continue. Oh, yeah. Yeah, indeed. And, and, I, and I really think it's time people... Wake up from the lethargy of uh, of the election 2016, whether you're on the Bernie side or the Hillary side or even on the Gary Johnson or some of the lesser known candidates. The written is too high guy. I like that dude. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> the dude with a boot on his hat, you know, whatever you wherever you stood, let's let's look at each other and realize that the world we allowed to happen with Trump is worse than what we expected, even if we voted for him. So from that point forward, we need to build a better 2018 we need a congress that can elect and move legislation and actually nix some of this executive power in the bud Mm -hmm. Uh, and in order to do that we need to get active in our local elections we need to find out who's our new representatives who's our new senator what seats are up where they're up and uh and and really push for candidates and Find a way to bridge the gap on the left as far as the Bernie-Hillary divide. Yeah. Find ways to meet. Create new meetups in your group. Open your mind to the discussion points. Find the common ground. Pick the common ground issues and push for those to your congresspeople. Because if you guys can find things in the middle of the road that can bring you out to vote in November next year, we can actually get something done. And and then this country will move again. Because that's been the whole complaint in Trump is, yeah, the economy is doing better, but ultimately, you know, our our world, uh, Im- the impression of us on the, around the world is low. Um, we're we're at the closest brink of nuclear war in the last fifty years. You mm-hmm. know? With the eighties in mind, because the eighties were kind of false a nuclear era, and nothing ever really happened. Mm, the tail end of the Cold War and all that. Yeah, it was more scary in the fifties and sixties when we had airplanes flying around with nukes. You know. Um, but, uh, that, you know, moving forward, it's like, where do we go from 45 and we need to pick that direction. And that starts with 2018. It moves into 2020 and it starts at your general elections of your mayors in your local cities. And it also goes into your gubernational. We, we got to get some Democrats or left leaning people at, at the governor level. Mm-hmm. We need to start creating 
a it's it's like it's like American soccer. I'm sorry, folks. There's a little hangover this this week because the American soccer team did not qualify for the World Cup for the first time since 1990, which was the Italia World Cup, and it was the first World Cup I followed. I had a poster on my wall, mm. and I kept track of scores and games. I remember that's the men's World Cup, or the men's team. The women have always made it. Yeah, this year the the men's team for the 2018 Cup did not qualify. They lost to Trinidad and Tobago. That being said. They uh, they were developed on a system of soccer promotion at the younger level. There was incentives for different states to create soccer programs for young kids to get together in order to not improve athletics and PE and add to the requirement of the number of sports available both genders. Uh, soccer developed in the 70s and 80s and grew. It, it was here all along, but it grew in that era. And it moved to the point where in the 90s we were in multiple World Cups. And at that point, we finally developed a real pride for this thing. Mm-hmm. We need to do the same thing for our candidates. We need to develop and breed new candidates from the whatever youngest age we can, the type of people we want to mold into leaders and actually create people that are going to help and build this country in a way that we all b- believe in. And there are not that many things that we actually all agree on, but those things are really important, and we need to focus on those at this point and stop having these proxy wars over over minor discrepancies in, in how someone is protesting a, a situation or minor discrepancies in how um, a certain group of people may or may not look and the customs they may or may not have. Because while we're creating those divides on those issues, we're losing in our own issues of our own freedoms and our own rights as citizens of this country and as people of this world. And and that's something that we all can get behind. And I think if we looked at the United States Senate and the United States House of Representatives, like we looked at 1970s and 80s soccer programs mm. and created incentive programs for people to be civic leaders in their communities, we might actually get a race and a group of electoral races that we can be get behind both candidates. And it doesn't matter which party they come from because their values and their core is so similar that we at least have an idea where we're going. And the small differences they have are we're willing to yield, you know. So if sometimes the left wins, there's certain things, certain programs that make it built. And if sometimes the conservatives win, there's certain um, taxes and things that may be avoided. But in the long run, the goals are similar. And I think we can do that. It's just we have to start realizing that our differences are fewer than our similarities, you know, as, mm-hmm. far, as, far, as, as far as we're going. And and it's it's it does start at the beginning. Like I don't think we can go necessarily from this moment forward with the crop of people we have, because so many people are entrenched in their values and ideas and their ideologies that no one can step off their platform. That's true. And and we can't get any budge, no move, you know. And I think in in the end, the Congress was built to move slow, but to eventually budge, not to break, but to budge. And 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 that's how legislation is 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 developed over decades is through slight budgets, not giant you know, earth shaking you know, landmark things. Yeah, I do think that's the nature of our government system, though. Yeah, but that's the and I'm glad. I think, but we need to be budging it. I think right now we we haven't budged anything in a while. You know, Obama got a few things through. Now he spent his whole time unraveling that. You know, and he hasn't pushed the meter in a positive direction either way. So what are we really doing? You know, I mean, he's even upset with what's going on. That's how ridiculous the situation is, is he's not even happy with the elected leaders. So 
that's my uh, analogy is let's treat it like U.S. soccer. And uh, I know that's a sore point, but I'm just saying, hey, we made four World Cups in a row. So that was that was nice. Uh, let's not take it for granted next time. Trinidad's a good team. So uh, mm-hmm. we let that one slide. Soccer's the world sport or football. That's the world sport. It is. I know. I'm, I'm sure Trump fans are like, I'm glad we're not going to that stupid World Cup. I'm tired of that soccer. Well, yeah, there there is something to be said about globalism being hated. But I do think, like, I guess to transition to globalism a little bit and kind of what I wanted to talk about, about how you have to watch out for and all in 2018, basically Tea Party 2.0. Yeah, and because there are going to be so the geo and there's going to be a lot of red states, but the GOP. I know some of the GOP. What is it? Commentators and politicos are saying that is not a big deal, but I would say don't sleep on populist conservatives running candidates out of nowhere and winning. But I also think that they're. I think. Honestly, if you're progressive, you can talk to them because they're running because, you know, they're getting dicked over by globalism. And basically, you have to ask themselves, the question is, how can he stop getting dicked over by globalism? And I think we another callback when we talked about getting Internet to them, because I think of the people who are without Internet, 39 percent of people are in rural America. And so definitely working with them to say, hey, can we set something up where we get you guys Internet? Because once they have Internet, that means they have access to Internet jobs and they have access to Internet jobs. Then they don't have to go anywhere to work and they can probably have a better life at home. They can still keep everything that they have. I want what I really honestly what I want to see is I want to see a. A job boom and a small business boom in rural America because they have access to the Internet. I want them to be like, yo, look at these businesses that we're starting. And and then I think that you can get the GOP behind it. I think I've said this before, too. But and so I don't want to repeat myself too much. But I definitely want to say look at definitely the bigger the bigger red states like Oklahoma, Kansas, Arkansas and things like that. And look for the the GOP establishment candidates versus the populist candidates. And if you can, I might and if you feel like you're getting underrepresented by the GOP, vote for the populist candidates. And but I'm also saying to us liberal folks that I think we can build alliances there if we say, hey, we understand that you're having problems and we want to find effective ways for you guys to actually be able to work. Um, in this new global industry, which you guys aren't able to because you don't have access to the tools to do so. Use the coalition and the divide and conquer theories there. So if you can defeat the enemy by getting a populist person in there in order to get a little less, wrangle a little less control from the Republicans, that's a win. And then on top of that, if you can build a coalition where those populist candidates in the left can work together then you're actually getting legislation through faster without people exchanging their values for that possibility Mm -hmm. you know crossing the aisle used to be something that happened on the regular and the idea of us expanding this to some newer views and newer parties is totally on the table so some of these conservative voters or these people who had republican values who are upset with trump help form something else and let's actually lead this country in a way that's uh, that's steerable, you know, because we're kind of running off the rails at this point, and there's no control. Speaking of no control, <laughs> uh, it is October, 
And October's a spooky month. And this, so for something a little lighter, I wanted to talk about horror films, specifically those from my favorite era of horror films, the 1980s. Oh. The classic horror, before the like real scare, like where you're actually like, things are so real looking and scary that you, you start to believe it. When, th- when, when effects were a little cheesier mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just a little less believable and the blood was a little more... Everywhere Corn syrupy. So, uh, what what were the uh, what titles do you remember from your youth of uh, that friends had on VHS and whatnot? Oh goodness, I was one through five, and I was born in nineteen eighty five. So, but like, what did you see? Like, you okay? I'll give you some of the ones that I recall because there's mm-hmm. there's some big ones. There's obviously Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. So, did you ever catch that with Freddy Krueger? Yeah, I hated that movie. It's, was it because it was too scary? It, yeah, it gave me nightmares. I okay. fucking hated Freddy Krueger. When he died, I cheered. I fucking did a happy dance. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a good moment. Uh, they include Gremlins in the in the category. Interesting, which is kind of a comedy horror film in a way. It's yeah, got heart, especially Gremlins too. There's definitely some laughs in Gremlins too. Mm-hmm. Um, but those ones are in the '80s. Uh, you had uh, kind of the one of the first of the suspense thriller horror movies of the 80s, uh, The Thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that one. Because it seems like in that age, there were two types of uh, horror movies. The ones where you're kind of like, what's going to happen? I feel my anxiety. What, what, what is it? And then the other ones were kind of like, I'm going through my like, boo, what's up? Death. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, there's of course the Child's Play series. Oh yeah, that was that. Those things were freaky. Yeah, and the and Chucky. I mean, Chucky was one of the scariest things that came out of the '80s. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you had Sleepaway Camp, where the the campers just suddenly start dying. Oh yeah, mom, something's happening. You know, it was one of those. Uh, you had the '80s version of The Fly. With, uh, what's his name? Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Of course. Uh, the Halloween series. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Halloween 2 came out in 1981. Uh, Nightmare came out with a third one in the 80s still, 1987. Uh, you also had, let's see, they conclude the Alien series, and it's kind of a horror story. Yeah, no, the first Alien was definitely like a suspense horror. It, it was, it, it was like the the camp one but on a spaceship yeah and aliens as well had some more i mean with the violence of uh when it got you it was just it was very gore or yeah. game uh, over man game over yeah yeah christine the uh, stephen king nightmare of the car oh that one was pretty creepy because the radio would play the song oh i haven't seen that one okay so this car just chases everybody and it kills them on a whim and then uh at the uh at the end of the movie, they finally destroy the car, and and every time when it goes to kill somebody, it turns on this like old nineteen fifties radio, and in even though it's in the eighties, like it, mm. pl- it plays all these nineteen fifties radio, and it's oh like, my god, nineteen fifties music is like it can be creepy in the right setting. Yeah, and so that's what this is, and uh, and then uh, it's killing these people, and then at the very end, they get it into one of the car compactors. And then there's this long shot where they pull away and um, from the uh, from the car, and then all of a sudden the radio light turns on and it starts playing a song. <laughs> and one of the things that 
one of the things of the movie was that it, it fixed itself. So the idea at the end of that movie is that it eventually had fixed itself. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But, yeah, those are pretty popular to watch in the October month just before Halloween. A lot of people get into the, the scary movies. Uh, was there any other era of scary movie that you were more behind? Like, what did you think of, like, getting into the 90s when you had things like Scream and whatnot? Yeah, see, Scream and Final Destination are, like, two that I really got into, especially in Final Destination. Although, uh, Final Destination, to me, became hilarious after a while. Oh, yeah, because you're just waiting for how are they going to die. Exactly. And But there were some where kind of were, like, throwbacks to the 80s. There was... Um, the Candyman? That was 92. So that one's a throwback to the 80s to me. Mm -hmm. What else did you think was a throwback to the 80s? Um, uh, This one was in the aughts or the 2000s. It was Cabin Fever. Oh, yeah, that's a throwback, yeah. Uh, Tremors came in 1990. Oh, shit, that's a horror movie? Kind of. (laughs) You're not really an edgier seat. Oh, uh, Stephen King's Cape Fear came out in the 90s. Okay. And I saw that with my mom. And it, yeah, it has like Kathy Bates, and I think she had like she was obsessed with the writer. Like it wasn't all horror, but I mean it felt like well maybe it's more thriller. Right, Bram Stoker's Dracula. That was a. I want to suck your blood. That one was that year, is in 1992. You had seven. They consider the movie seven horror because there's probably so much death and they're dealing with the really? killer. Really, that's horror. Yeah, it's more. That was more thriller. Yeah, I'd that's say. so psychological thriller. Yeah, yeah. Scream two, which is kind of funny. It was just like, hello, Carrie. Like <laughs> it's just like, it's like it, the funny thing about Scream is now like I get Scream and Scary Movie like in a way confused because Scary Movie doesn't really seem like a parody of that anymore. It just seems like it does. But you go back and watch Scream, and you're like, yo, this is campy as fuck. <laughs> like, it's... Uh, I know what you did last summer. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yo, that that joint was my jam. And then followed by the lesser known, but still just as campy, I still know what you did last <laughs> summer in 1998. Sarah freaking Michelle Geller. Like, dude with the hook. Yo, dude with the hook. Yeah. Yo, he, I was like, yo. Yo, I don't know what I would do with do with a fishing hook. That's some crazy shit. Like, like that's creepy. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, there you go, folks. Those are some uh, classic hits. If you were, uh, if you're playing along, go ahead and tweet us your favorite uh, horror movie for the month of October. And along with that, go ahead and uh, give us an update on what your election does in November, so we can find out what things are going on out there. Who got lucky and got a mayoral elected that's gonna help? Build your community into a better place. Indeed. And if it went wrong, you can send us a vent email. We'll read it. We don't care. <laughs> and that's, of course, at hylbox at gmail.com. It's free for you. It's free for us. Go for it. Uh, so that's it for that, man. Is there anything you wanted to uh, instruct the people to help uh, open their minds about something or grow their brain? Uh, Kurt Zagog, in a nutshell, has a new video about microbiomes. And how microbiomes affect, like, your mood and what you eat and what your body likes to eat and all that. It's really cool. Like, I know maybe your gut, your gut's important. Like, learn about your gut. And I would like to, you know, remind you to to remember that Star Wars season is coming. So, everybody, watch your sequels get ramped up so that you make yourself wait in line and catch it in 3D at your local theater. Coming in, 
assume boom, late november boom, boom, or december december 15th yeah it's always in star wars episode 8 dun, dun, the dun. last jedi i am the last one uh but that's it for this week uh we gave it at the beginning but we'll give it at the end c-town mayor for me on the twitter sphere uh catch me out there if you want to follow or tweet at me uh also you can continue to send letters at hylbox at gmail.com you can get chaz at crsii on twitter and chaz baz everywhere else check us out on itunes subscribe if you can please rate us and review us and as always Add us to your list so you can get the latest How You Living and help us live better. Right. And give us five stars on iTunes so people know what we do. And uh, that being said, Chaz, I want to ask you one final question. Ooh, sudden death. If the season ended today, you have four baseball teams. The Dodgers, the Cubs, Uh the Astros, the Yankees. Oh, okay. Who do you, out of those four... Think's gonna win the World Series. Who? You know what? You know what? I think it's America's pastime. There's only one of those teams that have gone through um, a bit of shit this year, so I kind of want America just to give it to them for the love. I'm gonna go with the Houston Astros. Wow! All right. Well, uh, we give you all the love, Houston. So I, you know what? As being the only representative of the American League West. Mm. I'll accept that. It, <laughs> the Cubs are down 3-0. They're the ones with my heart, but uh, they're looking like they might not make it. So Astros over the Dodgers in the World Series. That's the How You Live in Prediction. Chaz, it's been fun. All right. Yes, it has. I'll see you on the flip side. Peace, y'all. Pop a perky just to start a pop it. Pop, pop two cups of purple just to warm up. Two cups. Drink. I heard your bitch, she got that water. 